0: enough and are godly enough, good things will happen. And if they do not, you'd better not let on so you don't appear less than spiritual. That is nonsense. Every one of us experiences disappointment, difficulty, and adversity. The bottom falling out. Of course, disappointment exists on a continuum. At one end are the minor irritations of life like, why is this red light taking so long to change? Why did the Cubs blow it again? I live in Chicago, am a Cubs fan, and know this isn't minor for some of you. Sorry. At the other end of the spectrum are the major life-altering, mind-numbing tragedies of tsunamis, divorce, and death. As I write... The global recession continues to create significant economic and financial pain here in America and in many other countries. Retirement plans, not to mention dreams, have been shattered. Jobs have been lost. Entire markets, systems, and even countries have been destabilized. Yes, for some, it has been just a minor irritation at one end of the continuum. But for many others, this downturn has been a huge problem at the opposite end of the spectrum. My burden is to help you develop a theology of disappointment, or better, a theology for handling disappointment. By theology, I mean what we believe about God and life in His presence. My focus will be primarily on the major life-altering stuff, because that's where I have lived— and because the biblical principles that enable you to get through the greater issues apply equally to the lesser ones. My point in this book will be simple. In Christ, you can do disappointment. You can handle discouragement, loss, and despair. I did, in spite of the fact that up until a few years ago, I led a remarkably easy and comfortable suburban life. What happened? First, my best friend, Tom, died. Then a short time later, my wife, Carol, died. And all this happened while the church I pastor in suburban Chicago was in the middle of a large and somewhat controversial relocation project. What relocation project isn't controversial? In the midst of the most demanding period in my life, I experienced my greatest sorrow. This is my story. But more important, it is the story of the amazing and sovereign grace of God in my life. I want to show you the supernatural, Christ-centered peace he gave me in abundance, the way I've seen him use tragedy to build his people, and the wonderful truths my Heavenly Father has taught me in the darkness. It's really a story of the power of the gospel played out in one ordinary life. Loss can be horrific. However, there are two things I want to be clear about on the front end. I am not and will not be Pollyanish about pain. My faith has never been about denial. Just the opposite. My tragedy was enormous. My loss? Horrific. The bond between a husband and wife transcends all others. In a healthy marriage, and ours was, spouses do life, all of it, together. Nothing compares to the joy of a thriving marriage, so the loss death brings is total, the pain, pervasive. My nights at M.D. Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, sitting by my wife's bed and watching cancer leech her beautiful life out of her, were awful. Indescribably so. Further, Tom, a leading surgeon in our area, and Carol were extraordinary people. That they were struck down in the prime of life—both were fifty—was mind-boggling. In spite of the prayers of God's people in many different parts of the world, and the enormous amount of prayer taking place at our church, God did not choose to heal them. He promoted them. Our church— Our two families, and especially our children, were staggered by our losses. I have been and will continue to be transparent about the pain. As a pastor, I've witnessed tremendous suffering in the lives of others.